Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Well, a lot of you love animals, of course, but it takes somebody who really loves animals to dedicate their life to them. And we have on someone that's perhaps the uh, most recognizable veterinarian in America. His name is Dr. Jan Paul, and he's written a new book called Never Turn Your Back on an Angus Cow, My Life as a Country Vet. You also know he's the star of National Geographic's The Incredible Dr. Paul, and it's the new season is starting up uh, this month. So, uh, Dr. Paul, uh, how are you? And um, tell us how you became a veterinarian. What was the decision? I mean, everybody loves animals, but it takes a special love to go into that field. Yes, uh <laughs> Yeah, well, that started a long, long time ago in the land, land far away. You know how it goes. Huh? Uh, I was born and raised in the Netherlands and on a dairy farm, the youngest of six children. And I was always working with animals outside, but the youngest, you know, you couldn't do everything. And I wanted to become a dairy farmer, but land, the Netherlands is a small country and there's too many farmers. And when I was 12 years old, the local veterinarian that we had, a large animal veterinarian, he took me to my brother and helped, and I had to help him deliver piglets. Wow. Uh, the pigs, the sours were too small for him. His hands were too big. And I was tall and lanky and long arms, and he told me, just, just get in there. Just get <laughs> in there and start pulling these things out. And, you know, that started the whole thing because it was such a... It was fun. It was an yeah. enjoyment to pull these things out alive. It's an incredible story, and yet, uh, yeah, you got to be willing to do that kind of thing. You weren't obviously, you weren't, you know, ew or anything like that. It was like ready to go in there, and it's just kind of a natural empathy with the animals, where you know you want to help them. Yes, that's basically what it is. You know, I like medicine. I love medicine. Many of these kids nowadays will come to me and say, oh, I love animals. I want to help them. That's fine. But those animals hate you. You come at them with needles. Yeah. Ugh. You know you know how children are with needles. They don't like it. Well, they neither do the animals. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, in my practice, there's a 25-year-old thoroughbred, and I tell you, I come on the farm, and he hears the, the sound of my truck, and he hears the sound of my voice, and he's in the back end of the stall trying to get away from me, because he knows. But otherwise, I like medicine, and I like to use my knowledge to make the life of the animals better, and through helping the big animals, like the cows, to help the farmer make a better living. Well, and I think that's where Bedside Manor comes in, because you bring up a great point. I remember I had a uh, Cocker Spaniel, and when it was time to go to the vets, literally, he knew when we were pulling into the parking lot, and all of a sudden, it was all this, you know, it was great to be on a ride, be on a ride, and then all of a sudden, he realized where he's going, he's shaking and so forth, and uh, we had a great vet, and eventually would calm him down. I mean, is that one of the first things you have to do, is make the animal feel as comfortable as you can? Yes. You know, and this is the reason I, I'm not wearing white coats or anything, because these animals can see a white coat a mile away. 
and they know exactly what's happening. So in our practice, we are wearing just a regular street clothes. Yes, we have a name on it, you know, but the dogs can't read. And so for us, it is normal street clothes so that the animals already are not scared by what we look like. Yeah, good idea. Makes makes a lot of sense. And then do you get to kind of get a rapport with some of these animals? I mean, I know they're all different, and you deal with the tons of different types of animals. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, do you get a kind of a rapport where they almost enjoy seeing you? Some animals. Oh, yeah. You know, and the main thing is to put an animal at ease. And you don't come into the room and go directly to the animal and, you know, try to grab him because uh, that is threatening for him. And it doesn't make any difference if it is a big Great Dane or a small Chihuahua. You know, you come at them threatening and they all will, will fight you. So the main thing is you walk in and you start talking to the owner and then you let the dog smell you. You just walk up to a dog and just let him smell you. Don't even try to do anything to him. He gets the smell of you and then some dogs will remember, oh yeah, I was here you know, a year ago and he poked me. But the next dog is, oh yeah, here's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it all depends on, on what the dog looked like, what you have to do. The hardest thing is when you have to put an animal down, that kind of thing. I yeah. always think that'd be the toughest part of being a vet. Well, that's exactly right. You know, you didn't go to school to kill animals. You went to school to help animals. But because animals are not afraid to die, when the quality of life is gone, let them go. Uh, we had a veterinarian working for us, and she had three dogs. And one of those dogs was old, and they let him out at night to go to the bathroom, and the old dog never came back. And this is what animals will do. You know, if they think they are ready to die, they wander off, find a safe place, basically, put their nose in the side, and fall asleep. Wow, it, it's just a natural instinct, them. And as you say, they don't have the fear we do. Uh, that's that's no. so people can feel a little better. I mean, I know that's a horrible feeling, but. I guess it's much worse to to make an animal sit there and suffer on a daily basis. They don't even know why they are, and they want to go. Yes, yeah, and and this is the thing. You know, I think if you listen and if you are in tune with your animal, you can tell whether the animal wants to go. Uh, a dog becomes aloof. It will not listen to you when you call it. It looks away, and this is what I tell people that ask me: When do you think it's time? Well, it's hard to say. You know, nobody knows the time of death. But when the dog is starting to do that, when he gets that old that he doesn't feel good, and it doesn't make any difference what he has. There are so many ailments in animals, the same as in humans. But the animal at a certain point says, enough is enough. Let me go. Well, here's a tough question, because I know this comes across with people that go, they hear there's like an operation that can be done to save an animal or so forth. That's like a member of the family. How do you determine exactly when it's appropriate to do that? That it really depends on the owner because you know older animals become you know sometimes not even housebroken anymore, and it has a lot to do with the individual dog and the individual owner. And I always respect the owner's decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I will not go against it because I had a case one time where people wanted to put a big dog down because they got a hardwood floor and they didn't want scratches on it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, no. You know, that dog can be rehomed. I'm not putting it down just because you have a hardwood floor. Yeah, it's awful. Now, there was awful. nothing wrong with the dog. But, yes, if a dog is at a certain point where, yeah, he needs surgery, 
but does he pull through the surgery? The surgery costs so much. Then I can say, well, you know, why don't we make him comfortable and keep him as long as we can? That is all on the owner's decision. I will not force an owner to do things or procedures that he is not willing to do. Yeah, well, that's that, that, and that makes a lot of sense. Now, the book is full of all these kind of great things that we can actually use. One of them, and I wanted you to kind of expand on it, you say an animal's breath can tell you uh, what might be troubling the animal. Yes. When I went, in, when went to vet school in the Netherlands, they taught us to use all our senses. You know, and people don't use them enough. We we look at them, we feel them, we listen to them, and then you know also smell them. I don't want to taste them, but the smell on the breath of a dog it tells you, yeah, the teeth are bad. Okay, everybody can smell that, but certain diseases of the kidneys and you know diabetes does make a different smell on the breath, and sometimes you have to learn to look for it or to actually smell for it, what you could say. Uh, for many years, I couldn't smell the breath of a cow that has ketosis, which is a condition that they get sometimes after having a calf. Mm-hmm. But at a certain time, suddenly I thought, oh, that's it. And yes, from there on, it was easy to discern that smell. It's a dirty, sweet smell. It's not really pleasant. It's obnoxious. But for years, I couldn't till suddenly it came to me, oh, that's what it is. Is that the, when you say ketosis, is that the same thing that some diabetics get or some... Um... Exactly right. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. about that because I know that yes. humans can get it and it's pretty awful yep. then too. And, and most likely humans will have the same dirty, sweet, acetone breath. You know, it's an interesting thing too. You know, you said you love medicine and so forth like that. Have you ever had a, any kind of, I mean, obviously you've dedicated your life to this, but do you ever once in a while say, yeah, I'd like to take a shot at maybe helping the human being, that kind of thing. Has that ever kind of crossed your mind? But I, but I do, I help the human beings by helping the animal. Personally, I like to work on animals because I can do a lot more. I love medicine. I love to help them. I love surgeries. You know, so I do what I can to help the animal so that the people feel better. Well, Dr. Paul, tell us, too, I mean, when, when you, you know, you handle all kinds of animals. Is there any kind of animal that you go, oh, you know, I'll do it, but I really don't like uh, dealing with this particular creature, that kind of thing? Or is it pretty much you don't care what it is? No, I don't care what it is. If people have an animal and they think it's sick, I definitely will look at it. Um, we've had all kinds of animals. And, you know, this is the thing. When, when you go to the, the pet store and you can buy a white mouse for $5, but the mother brings in her six-year-old little girl who, who is a pet mouse that is sick, what do you do? You yeah. know, you look at it because you want to help that little girl. Yeah. At the same time, you may tell her, well, yes, your mouse is already very old because these rodents don't live very long, like rats. And so many people still have pet rats, and they are good pets, but they live such a short life because they get so many tumors inside. And yes, do have to tell them, most of the adults, of course, know, but these children don't realize that. So then, then you just you have to talk with them and you know explain to them exactly you know what you do and why you're doing it and why sometimes you cannot do anything. Now, final question: Have people come to you, Doctor Poland, said, 
you know, we want to get a pet. We have children, you know, whatever ages they are or whatever. Um, see what kind you recommend. Is that something you, you like to do? Because, you know, not only on their longevity, but which animal feels more comfortable in that city? Which kind of animals shouldn't be domesticated? Uh, how, how do you feel about that? Or what have, well, what have you told people? You know, for, for, the, for the child in a, in a household, the best way, is, of course, is a cat or a dog. But there again. If you have a rabbit in the house, he can be completely housebroken, and they are very nice animals too. You, know, you can have uh, your aquarium, but you, you know you can't have the pet fish. But yes, it is something life that kids have to take care of, which gives them responsibility. And I think that's what makes them better people later on. That's why I'm working with 4-H so much because the kids have to take care of these animals. You know, before they actually can watch TV and if the parents are good enough. And this is what I, I really think is important, where kids grow up with pets because it, it makes them better persons later on. Well, the show is The Incredible Dr. Pole on the National Geographic Channel. Uh, for those who haven't seen the show, uh, Doctor, what do, you, what do you guys do on there? What we do, you know, the, the people that film us, get about 180 hours of filming a week and they use 40 minutes. So yes, it's not everything that we do you see, but what they make uh, out of the show is a very interesting episode that, that we do on a daily basis. And it gives the people an insight behind the scenes, you could call it. And with a large animal, it brings the the farmer back into the American living room. And I think that's very important. I do too. And the book is Never Turn Your Back on an Angus Cow. My Life as a Country Vet. And that's available everywhere, right, Dr. Paul? That's correct. Everywhere books are sold. Well, good luck. Great talking with you. Hope to have you on again. I thank you very much. And see you again sometime, Stephen. Please follow Vegas Never Sleeps on all social media platforms, including Twitter or X if you'd like, Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more. 800-284-1349. 800-284-1349. 800-284-1349. That's 800-284-1349. Attention timeshare owners, call the timeshare exit hotline now. We can help you legally get out of your expensive timeshare contract. If you're fed up with the maintenance fees, learn how you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently. Call right now for your free consultation 
Holy Gentle Giants Dog Food Batman. I'm Burt Ward, Robin from the Batman TV series. I was the Caped Crusader, and now I'm the Canine Crusader. After rescuing and feeding 15,500 dogs for 23 years, my wife and I created a natural, low-fat, heart-healthy, made-in-America dog food and special feeding and care program designed to help all dogs live amazingly longer, healthier, happier lives. Our dogs are living as long as 27 healthy, active years. Yours can too. That's twice their normal lifespan and triple for some breeds. Would you like your dog to live as long as 27 years and still be active and healthy? Gentle Giants Dog Food is complete nutrition for all dogs and puppies, all ages and sizes, and is different from other dog foods without the greasy coating and high fat content that can shorten your dog's life. Try our Gentle Giants life-enhancing dog food for the longer, healthier, happier life of your dog. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-344-2066. 800-344-2066. That's 800-344-2066. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. 